Broadcasting from Singapore and broadcasting all around the world. You're listening to the Ignite EdTech Podcast with Craig Kemp, created by an educator, for educators, and streaming to the world. Now, over to your host, Craig Kemp. Hello and welcome to episode 117 of the Ignite EdTech Podcast. I'm your host, Craig Kemp, and I'm honored to have you join us. I continue to work with the incredibly talented Mark Quinn to improve the final audio quality of this podcast. He has his own podcast production studio that provides editing and mastering services to content creators. To connect with Mark, please see the details in the podcast notes below. A tool that has positively impacted the authentic and purposeful use of technology into classrooms and meeting rooms that I have worked in is ChatGPT. ChatGPT is on everyone's lips right now, and as I talk to educators and edtech companies globally about the future of education, it's all anyone wants to chat about. To satisfy this hunger, I'll focus here today, but I do want to point out that ChatGPT is just the tip of the iceberg of what's coming with AI and machine learning this year and in the years to come. It's something, though, to be excited about, not scared of. Instead of banning ChatGPT, embrace it and learn how to harness it as an educator to add value to learning, to save yourself time and to support your students in their growth and development. ChatGPT was released in late November 2022, but it's already sent many educators into a panic. Students are using it to write their assignments, passing off AI-generated essays and problem sets as their own. Teachers and school administrators have been scrambling to catch students using the tool to cheat, and they're fretting about the havoc ChatGPT could wreak on their lesson plans. Cheating is the immediate practical fear, along with the bot's likelihood to spit out wrong or misleading answers. The biggest problem, though, as a teacher told me this week, is that he used ChatGPT to evaluate a few of his students' papers, and that the app had provided more detailed and useful feedback on them than he would have in a tiny fraction of the time. But why is this an issue? Let's dive into it. It's easy to understand why educators feel threatened. ChatGPT is a freakishly capable tool that landed in their midst with no warning, and it performs pretty well across a wide variety of tasks and academic subjects. There are legitimate questions about the ethics of AI-generated writing, and concerns about whether the answers ChatGPT gives are accurate. And I'm sympathetic to the teachers who feel that they have enough to worry about without adding AI-generated homework to the mix. But after talking with dozens of educators over the past few weeks, I've come around to the view that banning ChatGPT from the classroom is the wrong move. Instead, I believe schools should thoughtfully embrace ChatGPT as a teaching aid, one that could unlock student creativity, offer personalized tutoring, and better prepare students to work alongside AI systems as adults. Here's why. The first reason not to ban ChatGPT in schools is that, to be perfectly honest, it's not going to work. Sure, a school can block ChatGPT and the website on school networks and school-owned devices, but students have phones, laptops, and other ways of accessing it outside a class. Just for fun, I asked ChatGPT how a student who was intent on using the app might evade a school-wide ban. It came up with five or six answers, all totally plausible, including using a VPN to disguise the student's web traffic. 
Instead of starting an endless game of whack-a-mole against an ever-expanding army of AI chatbots, here's a suggestion. For the rest of this academic year, schools should treat ChatGPT the way they treat calculators. Let it go for some assignments and not for others, and assume that unless students are being supervised in person with their devices, stashed away, they're probably using one. Another reason not to ban ChatGPT from the classroom is that, with the right approach, it will be an effective teaching tool and it will save you time. This adjustment is not going to be easy. These sudden technological shifts really are. But who better to guide our students into the strange new world than you, their teachers? Let me throw just eight amazing uses for ChatGPT that I have learned this week for you to use as an educator right now. Number one, vocabulary boost. Use ChatGPT to create powerful personalized vocab lists for your students. Just input a list of words and the tool will generate sentences using those words, giving students contextual examples to help them understand the meanings. You can differentiate this for the age of your students as well. Number two, writing prompts. There are literally thousands, if not endless, prompts that ChatGPT could give to you. If you need a fresh idea for a writing lesson, use it to generate writing prompts based on a specific theme. Just input the theme and the tool will churn out a variety of prompts related to that theme. This is a great way to get your students thinking creatively and practicing their writing skills. Number three, reading comprehension. ChatGPT can create personalized reading comprehension questions based on a passage that you provide. Simply input the passage and the tool will generate a series of questions to help students better understand and retain what they've read. You can even ask ChatGPT to act a certain age. Number four, language translation. ChatGPT is a great tool for your EAL learners. It allows students to easily translate text from one language to another, providing them with a valuable tool for comprehension and communication. Whether they're reading a story in Spanish or writing a letter in Mandarin, ChatGPT is a reliable and accurate translation tool. It's like having a personal translation assistant right in your pocket without the added cost and hassle. Number five, practice problems. If you need to give your students some extra practice outside of class, no worries. Just have ChatGPT generate a never-ending supply of maths problems for them to work on, or for that matter, any subject. Number six, explanations. Got a student who's struggling to understand a concept? No worries. Have them ask ChatGPT for a step-by-step explanation. It's like having a virtual maths tutor right at your fingertips. Number seven, quizzes. Want to review material in a fun and interactive way? Well, have ChatGPT create a customized quiz for your class. And number eight, differentiated instruction. If you have a diverse class with students of varying skill levels, the chatbot can be used to provide personalized instruction to each student. For example, you can have the chatbot generate more challenging problems for advanced students and easier problems for those who need more support. There are so many other ways to use it. I've seen teachers creating detailed rubrics just this week on how they can support their students in the classroom. I've seen it create lesson plans more detailed than any teacher could do in a session. Use it to your advantage. As you can see, ChatGPT is a versatile and valuable tool that can be used in a variety of ways to enhance learning, even with young children. So why not give it a try and see how it can benefit your class? And as an educator myself, I have to admit, 
It's also a pretty handy tool for coming up with those last minute lesson ideas. We've all been there, right? So jump into it. Share this episode with your colleagues. Put this into a staff meeting. Get everyone thinking about the use of ChatGPT. In preparing to share more this week, I chatted with my good friend Heather Bernard, who's now based in Spain, and read her recent blog post about ChatGPT. My biggest takeaways from that were around privacy, safety, accuracy, bias, and ethical considerations, all of which I don't have time to dive into in this episode. For more on Heather's deep dive into ChatGPT, please visit her website, learnwithheatherb.com. I've put the direct link to the ChatGPT article in the podcast notes below. Thanks so much, Heather. In summary, ChatGPT is a powerful tool for educators, enabling them to create personalized learning experiences, provide instant feedback, and support language learning. By harnessing the power of machine learning, educators can create more engaging and effective learning experiences for their students. I highly recommend that you dive in and take a look. The link is in the description below. Chat. .openai.com. Last week, I shared my thoughts for what we'll see in 2023 and the trends that are coming our way that we need to embrace. If you're interested in learning more, go back and listen to last week's episode. This week, I wanted to continue on this trend and chat about AI and ChatGPT. I'm only going to dive further deeply, briefly now, as I've already shared a lot on this episode. Artificial intelligence, or AI, is described as the most transformative technology of the 21st century and is reshaping every industry and field of human activity, including education. In the classroom, it's found in the form of virtual assistants that can help both students and teachers to manage their time and complete their assignments. Tutoring systems that can provide personalized learning experiences for students of all ages and abilities. Powering remote and online learning systems where it can adapt the pace of teaching to match students' needs. Language translation in educational settings where pupils speak a wide variety of languages and many other applications. It's even been reported that some schools in China have implemented facial recognition technology using computer vision systems to monitor whether or not students are paying attention in class. According to UNESCO, AI has the potential to help tackle some of the toughest challenges in education today, including addressing inequalities in the way schooling is provided around the world and improving access to knowledge globally. However, it also creates challenges of its own, with effort required to ensure that the rollout of this highly disruptive technology is done in a way that is fair and doesn't itself contribute to those inequalities. ChatGPT has dominated educational news over the last few months, inciting fundamental questions about how we teach and assess student learning. Educators around the world started 2023 with a frenetic scramble to rewrite lesson plans and ditch traditional writing assignments. ChatGPT, and by extension, AI as a whole, is clearly the dominant theme in edtech for the foreseeable future. But the disruptive ramifications of ChatGPT have eclipsed the many ways in which AI is supporting personalized and adaptive learning for the better. This is critical to note, because AI does not have to mark the early days of an education apocalypse. The technology is here to stay, and so we have to find ways to use it well. AI is not just being used to advance traditional learning outcomes like public speaking, but also shaping how educators address student mental health. EdTech solutions are increasingly using AI to assist students through bespoke stress reduction techniques and remove the social stigma of asking for mental health assistance. 
Sometimes it's just easier to ask an anonymous bot for help. Other platforms are using AI-powered social chatbots to help university students overcome the difference of new social groups. These are indicative of a general trend towards tools that support student well-being and emotional intelligence. These tools help learners to develop skills such as empathy, communication, and problem-solving, recognizing that learning is a holistic process which extends beyond traditional subject areas like maths, English, or geography. My EduSpark co-founder Andrew Mowat is even using an amazing tool called Synthesia to test the delivery of courses in additional languages via an AI assistant tool. Incredible things are coming in this space. We're even working right now on two programs that are going to add value to every single school around the world. Stay tuned and reach out with your ideas. You can tag us in on social media too. We are living and breathing AI right now. I'm so excited about AI and how it can help us and add value to our educational experience. To learn more, please connect and follow on your social channel of choice and don't hesitate to reach out with your thoughts and ideas. Every week, I bring you a short interview with some of my edu heroes, an engaging learning experience with someone who makes a difference in education every day, with a particular focus or angle towards educational technology. This week, I had the pleasure of chatting with Sandy Enoch. Let's have a listen to the chat. Today, I have the honor of speaking with Dr. Alexander Sandy Enoch. Sandy is the inventor of Robotical and the amazing Marty the Robot. After completing a PhD in robotics from the University of Edinburgh, specializing in walking robots, Sandy set up Robotical in 2016. When coming up with the idea, Sandy's main inspiration was his young niece, who was around six years old at the time. He wanted to create a human-like robot full of character that she could use to make learning the basics of coding more like child's play and less like hard work. So putting this well-honed inventor skills to use, Sandy designed and built Marty version 1 from scratch, got the all-important seal of approval from his niece, and then went on to secure startup funding via a crowdfund to put the first thousand Martys into production. Further seed rounds followed, raising over a million dollars to scale up production, grow distribution, and build the team and make Marty version 2 a reality. It's an incredible journey, and Sandy, it's a pleasure to have you on the show today. Are you ready to talk about education and technology integration? Absolutely, yeah, really happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely, let's go. Why don't you start by telling us a little bit more about your current role and what inspires you to do what you do? So I'm a founder and CEO at Robotical, as you mentioned there, uh, which basically involves uh, keeping the company moving, uh, making sure we're always innovating and growing, uh, working on sort of delivering the best uh, ed tech products we, we can. And although they're quite tightly integrated, it's my job to ensure that all the bits of the company are, are synced up. Um, as the company has grown from, as you said there, 2016, we started, it was very, very small. My role's changed a little bit. So while there's still a lot of management and admin uh, I like to focus on the technical and the product development side of things. Um, so that means steering like new feature development, uh, but also still getting stuck in with programming and electronics. I think like most engineers, I love solving problems. And with Robotical, it's really satisfying to be working on projects that are all about making STEM subjects and robotics exciting and accessible. And I hope that with Marty, we're opening some eyes, opening some gateways to these these kind of uh, careers in the future. Yeah, I love it. And, you know, for myself, coming from an educational background, I love hearing your why, that it's all about this 
you know, technology for good? How can we support people in their growth and development? And I particularly love the story about your niece and how Robotical started. You know, I have had the pleasure of playing with Marty uh, over the past few weeks with my four-year-old and my eight-year-old, and they love it. And, you know, I've been in an ed tech director role and schools for many years. We've utilized other coding tools and robotic tools, um, but this is different and it's unique. Tell us a little bit more about why kids love Marty and what the benefits are to the growth in this coding space. Uh, thank you. Yeah, it's really amazing to hear. And uh, it's always fantastic to hear these kind of stories that we get from teachers and parents uh, about how they're getting on with Marty and the reaction that we get. Um, so, yeah, when I was putting Marty together, uh, as you mentioned, I sort of had my niece in mind at the time. And I was thinking, what robot could I get uh, that she would actually enjoy using, that would be engaging, that would be fun, that would be too difficult to use? So I had these criteria kind of in mind when I was designing Marty. Um, the first is that it had to look and be really exciting. So when I was doing my PhD, we would do these these demos, these outreach activities at science festivals and other events. And we had these little humanoid sort of football playing, dancing robots we would use. And I'd seen firsthand the reaction that we got. They were always the star of the show. And, uh, you know, the kids watching them were just so amazed and enthralled. And I wanted to capture a little bit of that magic with Marty. These robots were just really, really expensive and quite difficult to get started with. Uh, so I was trying to make this, you know, that magic a bit more accessible. Uh, so Marty had to have a proper character. And as you say there, it's one of our big uh, differentiators is that Marty's sort of a, it's a humanoid. It's a, it's a walking robot. It's like a little sort of person. And so the second thing is that as someone with a robotics background, I wanted to ensure that Marty was yeah, like a proper robot. So it's capable of doing a lot of what I would expect a robot to, to do. And that meant being like fully programmable, having like a proper computer, the capacity for expansion, all these kinds of things that would make it an open-ended platform for students. And the third thing was that Marty would have to be just super easy to use. So a lot of other sort of more complex robot kits involve wiring or complicated programming, which creates a barrier to entry. And it also means that non-specialist teachers will struggle to use them. So it's taken a while to get that right. Uh, but right now, I think we have a really great progression that goes all the way from screen-free, unplugged programming through block-based coding uh, into text languages like Python, and then beyond into the world of electronics and robotics. Yeah, I, I really love it. And, you know, I've been watching some videos of the use of Marty in schools, and I chatted to some friends about this. And you know, even watching my kids do it, and you know, my four-year-old's able to jump in and use the color cards to interact and feel like she is coding. And we, we use basic language and stuff that I think anyone would do in this scenario. How do you make Marty move forward? What could you do to make it, you know, make him dance or, you know, jump to the right or kick the ball. And my eight year old is able to then jump in and use the basic scratch version to understand the sequencing of events without any help, you know, and they don't have a background in this. And when I look at, what you've been able to achieve in this time. Tell us a little bit more about Marty and what are we going to expect next from this? Because it's so exciting to see its growth and development. Thanks. And yeah, it's been an amazing journey to, to be on. I mean, when we first launched um, the crowdfunding campaign in, in 2016, I didn't really know how it was going to go. So I had this sort of at the time 3D printed uh, prototype of Marty that I thought, you know, I think this is cool. I think this is something that like my nieces and nephews and you know, I've been to like a coding club with with my prototype Marty, and you know, we've got a good reaction. So, you know, I, I think this is something that could have wider appeal. And um, then, as you said, from the from the like an, that initial crowdfunding campaign, we were able to 
pre-sell a thousand robots uh, and it even just the crowdfunding campaign, we had uh, people buying Marty from more than 60 countries around the world, which was pretty cool. Uh, logistically, a bit of a nightmare, but it was great to see. So it gave us a great sort of launchpad to uh, to build from. <laughs> so then we started shipping the first Martys in uh, the next year, 2017. And um, yeah, so basically, as I said, Marty's a real humanoid robot. Uh, you can dance, uh, you can play football. Uh, Marty's got two legs, two arms, big, expressive, moving eyebrows. Uh, they can walk, dance, balance on one leg. It's all sort of individually controllable motors. So you can make your own movements and things as well as you like. So the tech underneath is very flexible, uh, but we're focused at the moment on sort of elementary schools or primary schools. So you mentioned a bit there, we've, we've uh, created a few different environments like the, the color cards that just make it super easy to get started. So you could do something like solve a maze or an obstacle course just by putting little color cards around to give Marty instructions as they, as they go through the maze. And then after that, we move into the app, which has a few different environments from like a really simple remote control uh, and sequencer uh, into icon-based blocks and then text-based blocks uh, based on Scratch. And then beyond that, you can even move into Python um, if you want to get a bit more complicated. And that's all supported by about 100 curriculum-linked lessons um, that we've made that teachers can use verbatim or that they can use as just like a jumping-off point. And so we're always working on new things, uh, and Marty continues to get extra features. So just a week and a half ago or so, we released an update that enables uh, sound streaming through to Marty. So you can record and play all kinds of sounds through Marty, uh, including a text-to-speech uh, functionality and even like a translate. So Marty can now talk back to you, um, which hopefully is a good thing. And uh, we're about to start beta testing um, what we're calling a sensor dashboard, uh, which opens up sort of a way to visualize and look at all the data from the sensors on Marty, because it's a smart little robot. And we wanted to find a way to make uh, numeracy and maths and sort of data a bit more easy to to get your head around. So we've got this web-based interface that lets you kind of see graphs and visualizations about like the acceleration of Marty or like the light levels or the movement of the motors and just makes all that a bit more real, uh, real world. And uh, so I think I've always said that robotics is the area where basically all the STEM subjects meet. You've got science, you've got technology, you've got engineering and maths all kind of coming together to make this, this, this thing move around. It's really exciting to hear that, Sandy. And in particular, you know, in my role as a consultant working with schools and ed tech companies and being a tech director and a teacher uh, in schools, one of the things that often comes up is how do you integrate STEM or STEAM and robotics authentically and purposefully in our classrooms with such a full and busy curriculum? What do you think about how can teachers that are listening to this start integrating this into their classroom seamlessly and easily? It's, it's a really good question. And, and teachers all around the world, especially now in the aftermath of, of COVID, are, um, you know, they have a lot on their plate. <laughs> There's a lot going on. So I think uh, it's really important to, to find tech that actually works with the teachers and it's hopefully easy to use. The world's changing. We talk about the automation and, and sort of robotics revolution. Digital literacy, problem solving, and the ability to learn are these critical skills to equip students for the, the future. And things like creativity, the things uh, you know that are really what humans are best at. Things, something like problem solving is quite a hard thing to think how you would teach. But computational thinking, the, the basis for coding, uh, basically gives you a framework for that. It gives students the skills to break down hard problems, uh, figure out and test solutions and communicate the answers in a way that can be understood. Uh, so there's a lot of transferable skills um, that learning about coding, robotics and other uh, sort of STEAM subjects will help students in. And it'll also help them understand the world around them. Um, all this technology that we just use every day 
I think it's really nice if it's not just a black box, but there's actually a bit of understanding about what's going on there. We really want students from all kinds of backgrounds to feel like they're capable of pursuing STEM careers if it's something that interests them. And teaching robotics and STEM in elementary poses challenges, but also opportunities. So we have tend to have generalist teachers in elementary school, and uh, sometimes technical fields can seem a bit daunting. Um, so as I said, I think it's super important to us that any tech is easy to use and we have materials to support it. Yeah, it's exciting to hear the application of this and the integration of this into classrooms. I think we're often as teachers quite narrow-minded as to where this should fit, but the reality is that it's a tool to add value to learning like any other tool. So it's really exciting to hear some of those case studies of what is happening in schools all over the world. And I'd encourage people listening as well to reach out and ask. You know, if you're a uh, early years teacher, reach out to the team at Roboticon and say, hey, what's the best application of this in an early years classroom? Or you know, jump on Twitter or other social medias or connect with me. And it's always people around that can help bring some of this to life for you as well. What's a go-to edtech tool that you use that the listeners need to try? Uh, apart from Marty, obviously, um, I think uh, Scratch is just a fantastic uh, platform. It's, it's free. Uh, it gives you a way to learn about coding and you can make games and you can uh, be creative. And I think it's just a fantastic way of uh, of introducing kids to coding. Um, but also just even if you know coding, it's a quick way to, to have a play around and uh, do things with graphics. Yeah, I'd endorse that as well. It's a fantastic tool. You've shared so much here today, Sandy, that I know the listeners are going to want to follow and connect with you, find out a little bit more, maybe ask some questions. What's the best way for them to do that? Uh, so, well, Robotical has a fantastic uh, blog on our website uh, where we talk about a lot of uh, subjects using coding, um, you know, maths, robots for uh, education, all these kinds of things. So uh, that's a great place to have a look uh, for sort of bigger content. Otherwise, uh, we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter, Robotical Limited. Um, and uh, yeah, all, all main social media places. We'll also be at, at shows around the world, uh, particularly in the US and the UK, but other places too. So if you do come to one of those and we're there, please come and say hi. Absolutely. And we'll make sure all the links are in the podcast notes as well. Sandy, thank you so much for your time today. Really inspirational. And I'm looking forward to the next developments of Marty as well. Thank you for your time. Oh, thank you so much. Next week, join me for episode 118 of the Ignite EdTech podcast, when I'm joined by coding and robotics entrepreneur, Andrew Lowry. If you enjoyed today's episode, please follow us and share the podcast with your PLN and colleagues. Please remember to spend a few minutes to rate this podcast too, on your podcast channel of choice, so we can reach even more educators and EdTech enthusiasts globally. Remember, you have the chance to win as well. Check out the links in the description for more, and I'll see you again next week. If you liked today's episode, please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss another episode. And be in the drawing to win prizes every week. If you know others that would enjoy the show, please hit that share button and brighten their day. Join us again next week for your weekly EdTech hit with at Mr. Kemp NZ. We'll see you again soon.